This episode of Proper English is brought to you by What's the Difference? and the idiom to spill the beans. We've had What's the Difference? as a weekly feature in the past, and these questions have been building up recently, so let's answer as many of them as we can today, Dave. Yes, Ali. Before we do, though, this episode is dedicated to our students, past and present, and listeners who've asked us questions. We'll give you a mention as we go. First up, what's the difference between any and some? That was asked by Caroline in France. Shall I take this one? Hmm, be my guest. Well, they mean the same thing. An unspecified amount. It's the way that we use them that makes the difference. In a statement or sentence that is positive, we use some. Have some cake. Oh, I don't mind if I do. <laughs> We're expecting some rain at the weekend. I like some jazz music. When the statement or sentence is negative, we generally use any. I don't have any money on me. Typical. I haven't eaten any breakfast. There isn't any room in here. In questions, though, things change. Would you like some cake? Oh, yeah. Would you like any cake? <laughs> you give me cake, whether it's some cake or any cake. I'm there. Both are fine. <laughs> but what about, do you have some friends? Versus, do you have any friends? Hmm. You sound like Ricky Gervais being mean to his wife, Jane. <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah. He follows proper English, you know. I do, Dave. Yeah. But, back to your question. Do you have any friends? Sounds right. Do you have some friends? Sounds weird. That's because the general rule with questions is to use any. Ah, and I think it's a countable versus uncountable noun thing. Exactly. Cake is uncountable. Oh, unbeatable. <laughs> <laughs> and so the cake question can be asked with some or any. But friends... Accountable. So the question only works with any. And as most nouns are countable, you're going to need to use any in most questions. There you go. What's next? Katka from Slovakia asked me about how to use the pronouns me versus I. Good question. I thought so. I think native speakers find this confusing sometimes too along with myself. You get confused. Ah, myself can't be used whenever you feel like it to mean me. Ah, you meant that native English speakers don't always understand the rule for using the word myself. Exactly. Ah. Right, this problem is all about subjects and objects. Ah. I can only be a subject, the person doing the action. Me is an object, someone on the receiving end of the action. I hit the ball. You are the subject hitting the ball, the object. The ball hit me. Ouch. Now the ball <laughs> is the subject and you are the object. And I've got a bruise. <laughs> That's nice and easy, I guess. But I think the confusion often comes when we're referring to another person as well. When is it you and I? When is it you and me? Okay, same subject-object rule applies. Okay. Dave and I make a podcast. We do. I have to say I because I am one of the two subjects who make our podcast. Your turn. 
Right. So I make a podcast mm -hmm. and you make a podcast. Exactly. Got it. Yeah, Got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The dog wanted to play with Ali and me. I'm one of the objects. The sentence still sounds right if I take Ali out of it. The dog wanted to play with me. Myself. Actually, this doesn't confuse our students, except that they notice native English speakers using it and don't understand why. Yeah, some native English speakers believe that using myself somehow is more formal, more impressive than using me. They are wrong. Oh my goodness, yes. Do not let them lead you into bad habits. Don't do it. Myself is a reflexive pronoun referring to something we do to ourselves. I asked myself, should I eat another piece of cake? You answered yourself, yes, why not? <laughs> or, <laughs> to add emphasis, I ate the entire cake myself. Did you not leave any for me? Nope. Oh. Sticking with Slovakian students, Vladka wanted to know the difference between salty and savoury. Oh yeah, this has come up in my lessons as well. Savoury is basically food that isn't sweet, so bread, meat, potatoes. Whereas, to be described as salty, the food must have the taste of salt, like crisps, or if you're on the other side of the Atlantic, chips, chips. or anchovies. Now, Herman in China asked me what the difference is between a race and a competition. Oh, good question. A race is a kind of competition. Mm -hmm. A competition is an occasion where people compete in order to win. So, the Eurovision Song Contest? No. The Olympic Games? Yes. Now, within the Olympic Games, there are races. The 100 metre sprint? Yep. Various cycle sprints? Yep. Swimming relays, for example. But, of course, there are other competitive sports too. Badminton, goodminton, karate and archery. Goodminton? <laughs> really? <laughs> I couldn't resist it. <laughs> so... In a similar vein, several students, including Wenlin, also in China, have asked us the difference between quick and fast. Now, both of these are adjectives and they're used slightly differently. Quick is related to the amount of time something will take. We've only got time for a quick chat today. Hmm. Or, can I ask a quick question? Go on then. I haven't got one. Ah. OK, whereas fast describes a thing that moves rapidly, a physical action. We are getting the fast train to Lisbon. Who doesn't like fast cars? Hmm, depends on who's driving them, I guess. Now, fast is also an adverb. The car was going too fast. But quick has to become quickly to be an adverb. I've spilled my drink, quickly, bring me a cloth. You can't do fastly. Fastly doesn't work. Doesn't exist. No. Here's another tricky one. Gihad in Egypt was asking me what's the difference between open and turn on. Ah, yes. Sometimes students want to say they opened the tap or they opened the lights. But these are things we turn on in English. I can totally see the logic of opening a tap. But it's just not what we say. We don't. Mostly we turn electrical things on and off. Lights, televisions, computers. 
but for some reason, taps get turned on and off too. Who knows why? Opening something will probably require more effort, if only slightly. Opening a book, obviously a big book, if mm-hmm. it requires more effort. Mm-hmm. Open a door, open the laptop, and then turn it on. If you bothered to turn the laptop off before you closed it, I'm guilty on that count. Yeah, and me. We also open and close the curtains. And now it's time for Idiom of the Week. Idiom of the Week? Detective Davidson and Sergeant Roberts had been on the trail of a particularly nasty bunch of criminals for months. One evening, they were searching an empty warehouse for stolen goods when Davidson heard voices coming from downstairs. She crept carefully, trying not to make a sound, but then tripped and twisted her ankle. Ouch! Oh, damn it! Who's there? Lereford Police. Who's there? A large, intimidating form appeared and grabbed her by the arm. Now, what brings you round here, eh? Who's been squealing? I'm on police business and you need to let go of me right now or I'll have you for assaulting a police officer. Alright, alright. I ain't about to get done for that. But I want to know who's been blabbing. Who's your informant? I really don't think you are in a position to be questioning me. This room is full of what look very much like stolen umbrellas and I'm going to have to ask you to accompany me to the station. Don't you take any notice of them umbrellas. I've got receipts for all of them, every last one. But what I want to know is, who told you to come here? Come on now, spill the beans. What? What on earth are you talking about? What Beans! This is a police investigation, conducted very professionally, I might add. I can't even see any beans. How can I possibly spill them? Uh, excuse me interrupting, Mum, but it's an idiom meaning to divulge a secret. Good grief, Roberts. I didn't see you come in. Oh, sorry, Mum. I crept in in case there was trouble. Well, there jolly well is. I've hurt my ankle rather badly, and this miscreant has a room full of stolen goods. No, I ain't. I keep telling you. Then why the devil are you being so aggressive, trying to find out who told me about all this? Well, it's a secret. If I tell you... It'll ruin the surprise. What? Oh, God. There's a group of us. We're rehearsing a little song and dance number for the orphans. And these are the props for singing in the rain. I'm singing in the rain. Oh, good grief. So, that's series two. Episode 37 of Proper English, All Done and Dusted. It is our 96th episode, by the way. We need your help, though. And it won't cost you a penny. Or a cent. Or a centavo. Or even a kopeck. No, all it will cost is a little bit of your time. If you enjoy our podcast, then please do leave us a review on your favourite podcast app. 
It doesn't have to be long. There's no word count, but reviews really help us to get noticed. Now, we know that some of you are shy about writing something in English for other people to see. So, if that's the case, then why not send us an email with your review? Our email address is properenglish or one word at sapo.pt or you can get in contact with us via whichever kind of social media you use. And we're coming up to our 100th episode in just a few weeks. Why not get in touch with ideas for episode 100? What would you like us to talk about? So, until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper English. English.